Welcome to the Billboard Mastery Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, select the construction type, build, rent the ad space, and operate billboard signs. And now, here is your host, the guy that built from scratch the largest privately owned billboard company in Dallas-Fort Worth, Frank Rolfe. We've all seen the movie Frankenstein, in which the Dr. Frankenstein character brings a monster back to life. But did you know you can do that in billboards also? This is Frank Roth, the Billboard Mastery Podcast Series. We're going to be talking about billboard Frankensteins, situations where you take an old billboard and you bring it back to life and make it into something very profitable. So how do you do that? How do you bring an old, failed, abandoned billboard back to life? Well, the first thing you have to do is to find an old, failed, abandoned billboard. Now, they're not always fully abandoned, but you can typically spot them for a number of ways. Number one, normally they have no advertisement on them at all, or they have an advertisement on it that's clearly outdated, something that's faded, it's been up for so long, or the ad itself is damaged in some manner, maybe it's ripped or torn, or if it doesn't have a vinyl over it, maybe one of the panels has fallen off. You could just tell there's a general lack of care for the structure. Normally, if it's made of metal, there'll be rust. If it's made of wood, things will be broken and fallen off. And you see these all around you. Whenever I drive down virtually any road or highway in the United States, I can't help but pass several of these old abandoned signs. So what do you do once you find one? Well, the next step is to find out who owns the sign. Typically, the best way to do that is to contact the property owner of the sign. Now you'll say, well, how do I do that? Well, it's very easy. What you do is you find some building or feature near where that sign is located at, which has a street address on it. Then you go to the tax assessor's office, typically online. You enter in that address and up will pop the owner of the property, the person paying property tax and their address. And from that name and address, you can go to a website like switchboard.com and get their phone number. Then all you do is basically contact them either with a letter or a call and say that you're interested in that old abandoned sign on their property and would like to talk to them about it. They'll normally always call you because right now it's not making them any money at all and it's kind of ugly and it's sitting there and it's every day looking worse. So it's not typically hard to get them to give you the call. Now, what do you do when they call you? Well, what you're trying to find out is the story of the sign. How did it come to be there? Do they know who owns it? Do they own it or what's going on? So you try to check the chain of ownership. If the owner says, you know what, here's the story. That sign was built on my property 40 years ago by a billboard company and they just stopped paying me rent one day and I called them and my calls went unanswered and ultimately the number was disconnected. And so I just took the sign through abandonment because they left it on my property. Well, now you know the story of the sign. Or if they say, yeah, that sign is actually owned by Larry Smith. Larry hasn't rented the sign now in five years, so he probably would sell it to you for not much because it hasn't had an advertiser in a long time. Okay, there's another possibility. Or if he says, yeah, that sign was built 20 years ago, and after 20 years, the sign company wasn't having much success with it, so they decided to go ahead and sell it to me, and I own the sign. Okay, great. So the whole goal here is just trying to find out the history of the sign and who owns it. 
Now, the other thing you have to do, besides find out who actually technically owns the sign, is you got to figure out why it failed. Why is the sign sitting there on a highway, on a secondary street with a good location, but no ads on it, and nobody giving it any TLC at all? Well, here are some of the reasons typically those signs end up abandoned. First one, there's an obstruction to the sign. It could be another sign. It could be a tree. It could be a building. Some of those things you can fix. You can fix a tree. You can fix a premise sign, which means a business sign in front of it. You can't really fix a building in front of it. So an obstruction is one way that they fail. Another way is that the market's just too weak, or it's too weak for whoever was trying to rent the ad space, so they ultimately gave up. So a weak market, that'd be another reasonable reason for it to be abandoned. And then maybe they were asking too much for the ad rent. Maybe the ad rent and all the other billboards around there is 500 a month, and they were trying to get 1000 So they just refused to ever drop the price, and lo and behold, the thing became abandoned. Or maybe the landowner themselves is the cost of the abandonment. Maybe they wanted too much ground rent. In some cases, maybe they wanted more ground rent than the total revenue of the sign, and so the sign company kind of gave up. So the key question is, can you fix these things? Is whatever made the last owner give up, throw in the towel, can you do a better job? Well, if it's an obstruction, the question is, can I get it removed? I once bought an abandoned sign. It was in downtown Dallas, phenomenal location right in downtown Dallas. But right in the middle of that sign, there was a sign that said park because there was a parking lot there. Right smack in the middle, a little sign on the metal pole but it was right in the middle of the ad. And because it was that way, the sign company couldn't rent the ad space. I went to the guy who owned the little sign that said park on it and said, do you care if I lower your sign down? And to my amazement, he said, no, I don't care at all. As long as I don't have to pay for it, you can lower it. I actually think it's too high now. See that big billboard blocks the visibility of it when you're coming from the other direction. Lo and behold, the very obstruction that had caused that sign to go empty was not that hard to fix. I've also done that on trees. I've had trees either trimmed back or removed, perfectly legal, with a neighboring property owner's permission because they want to get the trees trimmed back or they wanted that old big dead tree removed. So can you fix an obstruction? Next, can you fix a weak market? Well, you can't make a market that's weak stronger. Maybe you could get more creative on how you rent the ad space. Maybe you can figure out an advertiser that even though that market is maybe a little weak, maybe there's someone who still wants to advertise there. Now, if the asking price for the ads was too high, you can fix that. You could ask a lower amount. So that's also curable. And if the ground rent was too high, you can perhaps renegotiate a lower ground rent. The sign's been sitting empty for quite some time. Probably the guy that owns the land would like to get rent again. So that's probably also possible. So if you find this old abandoned sign and you think you can bring it back to life and you think you can fix whatever happened to it last time, then the next key is to go ahead and get it under contract. So how do you do that? Well, you go to the property owner or whoever owns the sign and you get a bill of sale from them where they sell whatever rights they have in the sign structure to you. And you also have to get a new ground lease sign. Now, in some cases, both agreements can be one and the same. You can do an agreement that's a ground lease. It also comes with the fact that they're going to go ahead as part of the ground lease and sell you their rights to the sign. Or you may have to buy the sign from some sign company or individual that abandoned it because it's still in their name and then sign up the ground lease with 
the property owner. But either way, it's definitely a doable deal. Now, it's very important when you do this that you approach it in the right manner. Don't appear too excited about it. If you go to someone with an abandoned sign and you say, ooh, can I buy your sign? How much do you want? And you sound excited, it sends a message to them that they're missing something. They might say, wow, I wonder with time has gone on, maybe there's a way I can fix this sign. So, ooh, I don't want to sell it now. I want to keep it. Instead, tell them, look, you know, I found this old abandoned sign. The property owner says you own it. I know it's not good for much, but you know what? Maybe I can make an extra 50 bucks a month or something with it. You want to really poor boy it. You don't want to go in like you're going to make a fortune off of it. That doesn't work. So you go to the sign owner and even in the case of the property owner, you want to go in not anticipating great riches from it because if you do, they're going to take it away from you. Either they won't sell you the sign or the property owner is going to want a big rent for it. It's also best on the property owner's side if you can go ahead and get a ground lease that is based more on percentage than minimum because neither of you know really what will happen when you try and bring the sign back to life. Will it rent for as much as you thought or will it rent for a much lower figure? You don't know yet. So it'll be a whole lot safer rather than committing yourself to a big minimum payment monthly or annually Do you do it based on revenue, a percent of revenue. That's a much safer way to go. And once you get the sign in your possession, either through the bill of sale from the old sign owner plus a grand lease or a grand lease that includes a bill of sale from the landowner, now the next step is simply to bring the sign back to life. So how do you do that? Well, some key things you need to know are, number one, you got to make this thing safe and durable right? So if there's things broken on the sign, if it's an old telephone pole sign and one of the poles is broken, you got to fix that stuff. So that's one consideration is safety. Definitely want to have safety involved in there. Also, you want to go through whatever your plan was. If obstructions are blocking it, you want to get those obstructions corrected. One area that's always difficult for most people is the permitting process itself. Now, if you're in a state area where there's a state permit required for every sign, and this sign doesn't have that state permit, then basically you're dabbling in an illegal sign. Now, that may have more or less penalties based on the state that you're in. And you may say, you know what, based on those penalties for operating an illegal sign, I don't want to mess with it. Or you may say, well, the penalties aren't that much. And if they ever come to me and say, hey, that sign's illegal, I'll go ahead and tear it down. If it's in a city, typically they don't have the same permitting process normally. So that makes it a little bit easier. Also, you got to figure out what is the plan with the sign? What am I trying to accomplish here? If what you're trying to accomplish is to bring it back and get out there and get the ad rented, well, that's what your turnaround plan is going to be. Figure out a different way to market it. I once bought a sign that was in a really, really bad part of town, but I knew it would be ideal for someone who was, for example, a bail bondsman. So I did a very large direct mail campaign to all the bail bondsmen in town, and lo and behold, one rented the sign and stayed on that sign for all the years I owned it until I sold the sign off. So you want to just enact your plan. You had a plan to turn this thing around, and now the ball is in your court. It's time to work your plan. Now, plans never work out like we always thought in the beginning they would. So you always want to have, if you can, a plan B or even a plan C so you can kind of maneuver around the realities of life because things don't always work as you thought. So if you thought you could rent the sign for 300 a month and you can't get 300 well, what's your fallback position? Is it 200 250 Can you still make all the... All the numbers work. If your thought was you're going to go ahead and fix the sign back and the guy says, oh, you can't fix that last third of the sign. Well, can you make that sign work as two thirds the size that it originally was? If there were lights on it, but you find out now there's no way to make the lights work and you have to get a special electrical permit, which you can't to do so, can you make the sign work as a non-lighted sign? 
Dr. Frankenstein, if you've seen the movie, he works with all kinds of bits and pieces to create his monster, also called Frankenstein. Sometimes signs are like that, too. You have to take all the different pieces, all the cards that are dealt to you, and put them all into one final component, and that's what yields success. But you can do it if you find the right property. So again, this is Frank Rolf, the Billboard Mastery podcast series, talking about Billboard Frankensteins. They're not scary. They're income-producing. You can make a lot of money with them. This will give you some tips to get started, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.billboardmastery.com, where you can find past episodes of this show, plus an array of information to help you successfully build, buy, and operate billboard signs.